This is day 90 of our daily Bible reading. We will be completing Job chapters 10 through 14. Lord, Heavenly Father, thank you for bringing us here and allowing us to enter into your presence through your word. We just thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to learn from you, to grow in wisdom and understanding of your character. Lord, may we learn from the experiences of Job and his friends that you are not unfair, you are not evil, and you don't look to do evil to us. But rather, Lord, you want to exalt us, but at the same time, we are responsible for our belief in you, we are responsible for how we conduct ourselves, and you bless those who bless you. And those who do evil against you should not expect to receive anything good from you. Lord, that we may examine ourselves, and if there is any evil way within us, that you would help us to identify that and give us the strength to correct and change course on those things, that we can be properly blessed by you and that our prayers would not be hindered. Please bless the reading of this word today. In Jesus' name, amen. I loathe my own life. I will give full vent to my complaint. I will speak in the bitterness of my soul. I will say to God, do not condemn me. Let me know why you contend with me. Is it right for you indeed to oppress, to reject the labor of your hands, and to look favorably on the schemes of the wicked? Have you eyes of flesh? Or do you see as a man sees? Are your days as the days of a mortal, or your years as man's years? That you should seek for my guilt and search after my sin? According to your knowledge, I am indeed not guilty. Yet there is no deliverance from your hand. Your hands fashioned me and made me altogether, and would you destroy me? Remember now that you have made me as clay, and would you turn me into dust again? Do you not pour me out like milk and curdle me like cheese? Clothe me with skin and flesh and knit me together with bones of sinews? You have granted me life and loving kindness, and your care has preserved my spirit, yet these things you have concealed in your heart. I know that this is within you. If I sin, then you would take note of me, and would not acquit me of my guilt. If I am wicked, woe to me. And if I am righteous, I dare not lift up my head. I am sated with disgrace and conscious of my misery. Should my head be lifted up, you would hunt me like a lion, and again you would show your power against me. You renew your witnesses against me and increase your anger toward me. Hardship after hardship is with me. Why then have you brought me out of the womb? Would that I have died and no eye had seen me. I should have been as though I had not been, carried from womb to tomb. Would he not let my few days alone? Withdraw from me, 
that I may have a little cheer before I go, and I shall not return to the land of darkness and deep shadow, the land of utter gloom as darkness itself, of deep shadow without order, and which shines as the darkness. Then Zophar the Neamathite answered, Should a multitude of words go unanswered, and a talkative man be acquitted? Shall your boasts silence men, and shall you scoff and none rebuke? For you have said, My teaching is pure, and I am innocent in your eyes. But would that God might speak and open his lips against you, and show you the secrets of wisdom? For sound wisdom has two sides. Know then that God forgets a part of your iniquity. Can you discover the depths of God? Can you discover the limits of the Almighty? They are high as the heavens. What can you do? Deeper than Sheol, what can you know? Its measure is longer than the earth and broader than the sea. If it passes by or shuts up or calls an assembly, who can restrain him? For he knows false men, and he sees iniquity without investigating. An idiot will become intelligent when the foal of a wild donkey is born a man. If you would direct your heart right and spread out your hand to him, if iniquity is in your hand, put it far away, and do not let wickedness dwell in your tents. Then indeed, you could lift up your face without moral defect, and you would be steadfast and not fear. For you would forget your trouble, as waters that have passed by, you would remember it. Your life would be brighter than noonday, darkness would be like the morning. Then you would trust, because there is hope, and you would look around and rest securely. You would lie down, and none would disturb you, and many would entreat your favor. But the eyes of the wicked will fail, and there will be no escape for them, and their hope is to breathe their last. Then Job responded, Truly then, you are the people, and with you wisdom will die. But I have intelligence as well as you, I am not inferior to you, and who does not know such things as these? I am a joke to my friends, the one who called on God and he answered him. The just and blameless man is a joke. He who is at ease holds calamity in contempt, as prepared for those whose feet slip. The tents of the destroyers prosper, and those who provoke God are secure, whom God brings into their power. But now ask the beasts, and let them teach you, and the birds of the heavens, and let them tell you, or speak to the earth, and let it teach you, and let the fish of the sea declare to you. Who among all these does not know that the hand of the Lord has done this, in whose hand is the life of every living thing? and the breath of all mankind. Does not the ear test words, as the palate tastes its food? Wisdom is with aged men, with long life is understanding. 
With him are wisdom and might. To him belong counsel and understanding. Behold, he tears down, and it cannot be rebuilt. He imprisons a man, and there can be no release. Behold, he restrains the waters, and they dry up. And he sends them out, and they inundate the earth. With him are strength and sound wisdom. The misled and the misleader belong to him. He makes counselors walk barefoot and makes fools of judges. He loosens the bond of kings and binds their loins with a girdle. He makes priests walk barefoot and overthrows the secure ones. He deprives the trusted ones of speech and takes away the discernment of the elders. He pours contempt on nobles and loosens the belt of the strong. He reveals mysteries from the darkness and brings the deep darkness into light. He makes the nations great, then destroys them. He enlarges the nations, then leads them away. He deprives of intelligence the chiefs of the earth's people and makes them wander in a pathless waste. They grope in darkness with no light, and he makes them stagger like a drunken man. Behold, my eye has seen all this. My ear has heard and understood it. What you know, I also know. I am not inferior to you. But I would speak to the Almighty, and I desire to argue with God. But you smear with lies. You are all worthless physicians. Oh, that you would be completely silent, and that it would become your wisdom. Please hear my argument and listen to the contentions of my lips. Will you speak what is unjust for God and speak what is deceitful for Him? Will you show partiality for Him? Will you contend for God? Will it be well when He examines you? Or will you deceive Him as many deceive a man? He will surely reprove you if you secretly show partiality. Will not his majesty terrify you, and the dread of him fall on you? Your memorable sayings are proverbs of ashes. Your defenses are defenses of clay. Be silent before me, so that I may speak. Then let come on me what may. Why should I take my flesh and my teeth, and put my life in my hands? Though he slay me, I will hope in him. Nevertheless, I will argue my ways before him. This also will be my salvation, for a godless man may not come before his presence. Listen carefully to my speech, and let my declaration fill your ears. Behold now, I have prepared my case. I know that I will be vindicated. Who will contend with me? For then I would be silent and die. Only two things do not do to me. Then I will not hide from your face. Remove your hand from me, and let not the dread of you terrify me. Then call, and I will answer. Or let me speak, then reply to me. 
How many are my iniquities and sins? Make known to me my rebellion and my sin. Why do you hide your face and consider me your enemy? Will you cause a driven leaf to tremble? Or will you pursue the dry chaff? For you write bitter things against me and make me to inherit the iniquities of my youth. You put my feet in the stocks and watch all my paths. You set a limit for the soles of my feet, while I am decaying like a rotten thing, like a garment that is moth-eaten. Man who is born of woman is short-lived and full of turmoil. Like a flower, he comes forth and withers. He also flees like a shadow and does not remain. You also open your eyes on him and bring him into judgment with yourself. Who can make the clean out of the unclean? No one. Since his days are determined, the number of his months is with you, and his limits you have set so that he cannot pass. Turn your gaze from him that he may rest until he fulfills his day like a hired man. For there is hope for a tree when it is cut down that it will sprout again and its shoots will not fail. Though its roots grow old in the ground and its stump die in the dry soil, at the scent of water it will flourish and put forth sprigs like a plant. But man dies and lies prostrate. Man expires, and where is he? As water evaporates from the sea, and a river becomes parched and dried up, so man lies down and does not rise, until the heavens are no longer. He will not awake, nor be aroused out of his sleep. Oh, that you would hide me in Sheol, that you would conceal me until your wrath returns to you, that you should set a limit for me and remember me. If a man dies, will he live again? All the days of my struggle I will wait until my change comes. You will call, and I will answer you. You will long for the work of your hands. For now you number my steps. You do not observe my sin. My transgression is sealed up in a bag, and you wrap up my iniquity. But the falling mountain crumbles away, and the rock moves from its place. Water wears away stones. Its torrents wash away the dust of the earth. So you destroy man's hope. You forever overpower him, and he departs. You change his appearance and send him away. His sons achieve honor, but he does not know it. Or they become insignificant, but he does not perceive it. But his body pains him, and he mourns only for himself. Okay, so some wisdom that we see here is ancient wisdom. And what's very interesting about this is that this is knowledge before the law of Moses, right? That's the understanding we have of this time period. And to have such deep knowledge of who God is without him truly revealing himself yet 
shows you how well that it has been taught from generation to generation and just how much they have sought him over the centuries and how much even from the time of Noah how much was disseminated at that point so very profound thoughts here so we see for example that it in the middle of chapter 10 he mentions that you clothed me with skin and flesh and knit me together with bones and sinew you have granted me life and your care has preserved my spirit he's talking about the sanctity of life and that God creates all human beings. And this whole argument about abortion, and it's such an evil thing. And the fact that they are using in their evil agenda the words of Christ, to love your neighbor as yourself, is taking it so out of context. It's a contradiction. Yes, we are supposed to love our neighbors ourselves, but don't tell somebody to not kill their unborn child is a loving thing to do. That contradicts the whole narrative of the Bible. Because if we understand it like this, that God clothes people in the womb with their flesh, would God just not care about their life? And he would want them to be killed in the womb? It contradicts itself. So that is so wrong. And so we see at the end of chapter 10 that Job is just begging God just to leave him alone. I don't know why you're picking on me, God, but just leave me alone. I don't have many days left on this earth. Just leave me alone and let me be. And then we see Zophar, his friend, step in here. And he is pretty harsh. And he's much more blunt than his other ones are. And he also comes to the same conclusion that, Job, you're going through all this because you are sinning. And you cannot be honest with yourself. So he entreats him to fix the problem. And Job replies to him. And his response is equally as blunt. Truly then, you are the people. And with you, wisdom will die. As if to, as if to say, you are a bunch of morons. <laughs> I mean, that's the conclusion he's reaching with them. He's like, why do you guys talk to me like I'm, I'm, I'm some sort of idiot? You think I don't know this? You think I don't know who God is and what he desires? And, I mean, he even at one point, Zophar says things like, an idiot will become intelligent when the foal of a wild donkey is born a man, like, just to mock him. And then you see him turn the tables on him here in uh, verses 7 and 9, you know, Ask the wild beast and let them teach you. The birds of the heavens, let them tell you. You know, he just turns it back on them, saying, oh, you like, you know, the animals are smarter than you, <laughs> so why don't you go ask the animals and they can teach you. So he is unhappy with their assessment of him, as we have seen. And then we go into another dangerous territory with Job, where he says that, in chapter 13, verses 1 through 3, he says, Behold, my eye has seen all this, my ear has heard and understood it. What you know, I also know, I am not inferior to you, but I would speak to the Almighty, I would speak to the manager, and I would desire to argue with God. 
you don't get to argue with God. And like we said before, he doesn't have to explain himself to you. You demand an explanation from God, he doesn't have to give you one. You accept what you're given, good or bad, and you pray for better things. And through your faith, those things may come. He just wants God, in his eyes, to stop punishing him and to start talking to him. Hey, I don't know what I've done. Why do you hide your face from me, like he says in verse 24? Why do you hide your face from me and consider me your enemy? What have I done to you? Why don't we just talk about this? Let's let's get this out in the air. What have I done wrong? And then he makes a profound statement that is way before its time, at least in the narrative of the Bible. There was always an understanding, we can conclude this, that there was always an understanding that the Messiah would come, right? That one, that has been declared since the Garden of Eden, that there would be a Messiah, a promised chosen one. And when that man would come, everything would change. So what he says here in chapter 14, verse 14, if a man dies, will he live again? All of my days of my struggle, I will wait until my change comes. He understands that there is going to be a change after death. And isn't that what the New Testament teaches? That when we, when Christ returns, whether we're alive or dead, we will meet the Lord in the air, and that our bodies would be transformed into our glorified bodies. In the twinkle of an eye, we will be changed. This is ancient understanding. This is not a new concept. This was this has always been understood in the Old Testament. That when God is going to declare his day, the day of the Lord, we will all be changed. That was ancient knowledge. They understood that back then. I think that's amazing. And this is before, again, the law of Moses. Such profound thoughts. That's really all I had for today. This is all very fascinating to go deep into what each of the verses are describing. Thank you for listening. I'm Ryan, and we'll see you next time. Take care, and God bless you.